Mary Poppins is returning to the big screen, and it is magical. Meet the stars Emily Blunt, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Ben Wishaw, Emily Mortimer, and director Rob Marshall, here on Pop Culture Confidential. Too, Mary Poppins. Hey guys, happy holidays. I'm Christina Yerlingbeer. I'm so glad to have you with us here on this extra special episode of Pop Culture Confidential. So I was that kid that wrote letters to Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly. I saw West Side Story endlessly, and I knew every word to the original 1964 Mary Poppins movie starring Julie Andrews. And now Mary Poppins returns in a magical sequel some 50 years later. Director Rob Marshall is somewhat of a Broadway genius, and he's also the director of Chicago and Into the Woods. And songwriters Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman have written a wonderful new score for the movie. Emily Blunt inhabits the self-confident Mary Poppins. Blunt is having quite a year. She's Oscar-buzzed for Mary and is SAG-nominated for this movie as well as her role in the horror film A Quiet Place, directed by her husband John Krasinski. Hamilton genius Lin-Manuel Miranda plays a version of the Dick Van Dyke chimney sweep character Bert. Miranda plays a lamplighter with some spectacular dance numbers. We also meet Meryl Streep in a great sequence and see the return of Dick Van Dyke himself, 93 years old, dancing like there's no tomorrow. Director Rob Marshall lovingly pays homage to the 1964 version, but Mary Poppins Returns is its own story, and it goes back a lot to the books of P.L. Travers. It takes place in Depression-era London. The original kids, Michael and Jane, here played by Ben Wishaw and Emily Mortimer, have grown up. Michael has kids of his own, but they're losing their home on Cherry Lane to the bank. And that's when Mary Poppins returns. We're about to lose our home. Everything's fallen to pieces since your mother. I miss mother. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. It's a good thing you come along when you did, Mary Poppins. How'd you do that? Do what? So you've been off filling the children's heads with stuff and nonsense. You've forgotten what it's like to be a child. Everything is possible. Even the impossible. I recently met the cast in London, and I started by asking Emily Blunt how she and director Rob Marshall worked on bringing the character of Mary Poppins into 2018, and how she made her her own. Well, I think she is a bit of a superhero. I mean, I think that we very much wanted to keep that um, the sense of mystery and enigma to her, and just inject her with the sort of haughty. Uh, sternness that I think people expect from her, but also I just wanted to keep finding those mo- those private moments that she has and um, 
where you see her sort of enigmatic master plan and you see how much she loves the Fantasias as well. It's sort of, I said to Rob, you've got to see her really come alive in these magical adventures. She's so wonderful because she really um, gives no Fs, if we say so. I mean, that's the that character you don't see a lot in children's movies. Yeah, I think so. And I think that she's, um, I think she's sort of almost like baffled by um, how complicated people make things. I think that she just thinks that if you just come into every day and inject childlike wonder and joy into everything that you do, then life would be a lot simpler. People think about things too much. She's sort of got this <laughs> wonderful, who cares mentality, you know. What brings you here after all this time? Same thing that brought me the first time. I've come to look after the Banks children. Us? Oh, yes, you too. Mary Poppins Returns is composer, singer, and actor Lin-Manuel Miranda's first feature film after creating the musical sensation Hamilton. And after all your huge success with Hamilton, why Mary Poppins is your first movie? Uh, because of Rob Marshall and Emily Blunt. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Rob asked to meet me for coffee uh, between performances of Hamilton. I finished a matinee performance, crossed the street uh, to the Paramount Hotel, uh, and he told me Mary Poppins returns. Uh -huh. uh, and I said, she does. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, who's playing her? Uh, and he looked around to make sure no one else was listening. He said, Emily Blunt. And I said, that's really good. And I just think Rob's one of the best musical movie directors alive and of all time. So I just, I wanted to be a part of that and I wanted to be a part of his journey with an original musical, uh, which he's never done before. And going back to yours, is it true that there, um, you actually were inspired by the Sherman Brothers, the original um, sort of 1964 in Hamilton? Uh, you won't meet a composer who isn't inspired by the Sherman Brothers. Um, but I did steal one move from them uh, in writing Hamilton in King George's song. You know, one of the, if you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, there's that great moment where they talk about how the melody rises on the word down. Mm -hmm. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Mm -hmm. The medicine go down. Medicine go down. It's such a neat little trick. Um, and so I stole it for um, King George's song when he sings, oceans rise, empires fall. Um, so that's my little love note to the Sherman Brothers in the Hamilton score. The original 1964 version of Mary Poppins was apparently the first movie director Rob Marshall ever saw as a kid, and getting to make this new sequel was an emotional journey. You can really feel the love you have for this genre, and you are a master from Broadway and everything, but I'd like to know, how did you pay homage to the 1964 version in this? Well, I, there, I, there were... There were pieces that I felt that were so part of the DNA of Mary Poppins that I knew myself, I would want to see in a sequel. Just personally, if I had nothing to do with this mm -hmm. film, I would, I would want to see a live-action animation sequence. I sort of used myself as a barometer the whole time. Do What would I want to see? I would want to see penguins because I feel like that's... I would miss them if they weren't there. You know, I'd want Cherry Tree Lane to have a curve to it, you know. There are things across from a park and... I mean, as much as we did different things and changed things, there were there were very much pieces of the first film that I just wanted to carry with me, the spirit mostly of the film. And I understand it was very emotional for you when Dick Van Dyke rapped his yes. day. Yes. Why was that such? Well, a it was a childhood dream come true to work with Dick Van Dyke, and I um, I remember him taking my hand as we walked onto the set. He said, "I felt the same." I, he said, "Rob, I feel the same spirit here." as I felt on the first film. And um, that was such a joy for me to hear that. And, you know, there was the moment where he delivers that monologue story to the children. 92 years old. 92, he's 93 
today. Oh. Happy birthday, Dick Van Dyke. Um, he, um, he finished this monologue, and I was just so moved by it. And, and I just couldn't believe that he was here 54 years later in the film that I was making, and it was this full circle for me, having seen it as a four-year-old boy. I mean, it was, it was just too much, and I just, I just broke down. I couldn't, I couldn't say cut. It was so emotional. I still find it emotional to watch him in the film. What have you learned about making a movie of this incredible scale from Rob Marshall? I learned, actually, what I, the thrilling thing I learned is that the things I love about the theater carry over into film. It's really about collaboration. It's really about rehearsal and articulating your vision in such a way that every department and every person is in line with your vision. Rob surrounds himself with really smart, wonderful, generous people. And by the time you're done with your nine weeks of rehearsal, you're a company of actors and you're all making the same movie. And that's what we endeavor to do in the theater. And so um, it was a ratification of the things that I know. Um, and it was uh, an incredible um, journey watching him work. For actor Ben Wishaw, Mary Poppins was his first ever experience acting in a musical. And he has a very raw and emotional number in the movie. Here are his thoughts on how Rob Marshall guided his way. I think that um, that Rob Marshall, our incredible director, was very helpful because I have never been in a musical before, and I didn't, I didn't really know how you have to, you know, sing or act in musicals, and he and I thought maybe I have to, I had to, you know, really sing the sing the song even though I'm not a singer you know I'm not a trained singer and he told me not to worry about any of that he said just just uh, inhabit this guy's mind and think about what he's thinking and just be and that's how you sing a song mm -hmm. and um, I found that so helpful so once I in a way stopped thinking about the about it being a song at all was the, the, the breakthrough, I suppose. I mean, why on earth did we save this old broken thing? Don't you remember that kite? We used to love flying that with mother and father. Well, it won't fly anymore. Out it goes. No looking back. Emily Mortimer plays Jane, Michael's sister in the film. So Rob Marshall has said that we need Mary Poppins to visit us at this time in our culture. Would you agree and, and why? Yes, I think we everybody needs Mary Poppins at any time, <laughs> at all times of the day and night. Um, and um, But uh, especially now, she does feel like she's slightly sort of resonating with people because, well, Firstly, Rob Marshall, we sort of need Rob Marshall as much as we need Mary Poppins <laughs> right. because he's just made this film that's just so beautiful and so entertaining and so sort of is make, giving people such pleasure. And um, I think that's rare. I think it's rare to be entertained in, in such a sort of perfect way. And so I think people are really responding to that and it's making them feel... Uh, you know, joy and hope in the in the face of all the confusion and pain of the pre present moment. Anyway, but the message of the movie is 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 helpful too, I suppose, because um, Mary Poppins part of her job is to sort of teach people how to rethink things, that to sort of change their attitudes about things. She gets into people's heads and sort of helps them 
helps them kind of escape from their own selves in a way and realize that there are more sides to them than they thought possible or more ways of seeing things than they thought possible. And I think that kind of superpower would be, is just necessary now. We're all very entrenched in the way that we think and it's very hard to sometimes escape. The movie's production numbers are quite incredible. Rob Marshall took animators out of retirement to create 2D sequences reminiscent of the 64 original. And the musical numbers, the dancing and singing, took nine weeks of rehearsals for the actors. And Miranda's character, the lamplighter, carries the whole gang of kids and Mary Poppins on the back of a bike through the streets of London that looks quite challenging. I asked him about that. Was it difficult? Uh, yeah, and yet my job is to make it look like I do it every morning. And, and it I, did. You made yeah. it look like and every so morning. That's, but that's the fun. <laughs> what what I mean, kind of trickery was in that? <laughs> no trickery at all. It's, it was a lot of practice. On my lunch breaks, I would ride my bike around Shepherd and Studios, um, you know, and uh, that's really me riding that bike with all the kids on the back. Seriously? And, but yeah. with some sort of... Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of pegs that they took out in post so that we don't lose any kids on the way <laughs> to Meryl Streep's uh, incredible scene. Uh, but, you know, it was... It was, it was enormous, uh, you know, I, I named her Gertie. That was the name of my bicycle. Mm -hmm. And she and I became very close because we had a lot of scenes together. So this is a genre that's certainly all-encompassing. I mean, you've mm. worked in everything. But what was most challenging, would you say? I mean, I think the dancing was the most unfamiliar territory to me. And I'd always, I've always loved watching those big show-stopping musical numbers in films and completely grew up watching them, like Singing in the Rain, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and... Um, chorus line, like all of those sort of uh, cool musical, movie musicals. So um, for me, I always wanted to do something like that, mm -hmm. but doing it is rather daunting. But we did have nine weeks of rehearsal, so we were all quite well versed in it. Now, decades after we last saw Mary Poppins floating down through the clouds with her umbrella, she is back. I asked the filmmakers why she and this movie still feels relevant today. Well... I felt like we all need her now, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, and I think Emily felt that way too, or feels that way. We, we feel like it's important that she brings an injection of hope and love and warmth and joy and humor. I mean, we all need that lift that she brings. I love the character because the character does it in such a mysterious way. She doesn't lay it out in front of you. She lets them discover it. Here's Emily Blunt on being an inspiration to a whole new generation of moviegoers. We are living in a time where people, but also us parents, I mean, our armor is probably even thicker mm. than it was before. Um, how does this movie and pop culture, the movies you make in general, how can that sort of help us? Well, you know, I think that our film does have some relevance to the times we're in right now, that there's a fragility to our times. People feel disconcerted by it. Um, and I think that was purpose, purposefully, that's why we set Mary Poppins during the Great Depression, so that people could relate to um, that feeling of life feeling heavy and needing some hope, needing some wonders, needing to see things from a different point of view. I think films are, I used to kind of think maybe I had a trivial job and now I realize I have quite an important one because you can, 
I think a great film can change your life, you know, just like a great book can change your life. I was inspired by you a couple years back because I saw you talk and give a speech at the um, Stutters Association, yeah. and I was working on something else then. And now a whole generation of kids is seeing you in this incredible, powerful, self-confident sure. role. What's your biggest advice to some of those kids who may be looking who are going through that? Well, you know, I mean, I speak to children about it a lot, and I work with this organization, the American Institute to stuttering and do really revolutionary techniques and helping people overcome them and I think I just want to tell them that it's temporary because at the time it feels all-consuming if you, if you feel overwhelmed by it you feel misre misrepresented by your stutter it's not who you are um, and I just want to say to them that anything's possible anything's possible we can all overcome it and the other thing is that everybody's got something, and that just happened to be my thing, and this just happens to be their thing, but everyone's got something they have to overcome. Lin-Manuel Miranda. One of your incredible numbers in this one is follow the lights, um, which is something this whole movie wants us to do, to sort of follow the lights. But particularly now for us as parents, and it's a difficult time to follow the lights, um, how would you say that uh, you don't become a cynic? Oh, man. I mean, that's, I think I can be as cynical as the next person. I think, you know, we all wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes. Um, you read malarkey in the newspaper and you figure out, all right, how am I going to, you know, get my day together? Um, but I also, that's also part of the joy of being in this movie. You know, I think we were making this movie at a scary time in the world and we were making this joy machine. So the fact that I could look my son in the eye and tell him like, we're going to go make these adventures that are going to make people all over the the world really happy and sort of remember their childhood for two hours and then hopefully when they come out of that movie feel like they had a, a breath uh, and, and able to sort of find the light uh, in situations because that's what Mary Poppins does right she makes the mundane she makes you look at it from a fresh perspective and uh, and I think we all could use a fresh perspective Thank you so much to the cast and director of Mary Poppins Returns. The movie is premiering just about everywhere now ahead of the holidays. And happy holidays to you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can send us a message through Twitter, at PodPopCulture, or at PopCultureConfidential.com. This show was edited by Tom Hansen. See you all after the holidays. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.